You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Working as a chef in Australia was a great life for Talina Menzies, but the rite of passage to relocate to London and work in Michelin-starred restaurants was too great. But while rewarding, working in London was a tough, hard slog and came with other challenges Talina didn't expect or want. In this episode, Talina explains what it's taken to succeed and how the industry is changing to benefit the next generation coming through. Talina, you've kicked some amazing goals over your career. Where did you find your first professional opportunity? I started at the Hyatt Regency Perth and yeah, really lucky to get an opportunity in such a big corporation with so many opportunities to work through different departments. You've got different restaurants throughout there, you've got banqueting, you've got pastry kitchens and all that. So I was, I was really lucky um, to get that opportunity as a, as a young kid and, and have the ability to learn so much in you know the four years of my apprenticeship. Yeah. Okay. So was it just a a natural progression for you? You just, you did well at the apprenticeship. uh, You got to know the people who were in control there. They liked you, you liked them. And then it just naturally stepped into a, a professional role. I'm quite an ambitious young kid, so I, I always wanted to learn more. And there was a fine dining restaurant and no apprentice had ever worked in there. Um, it was all the, you know, the, the older chefs and the cream of the crop. But I would uh, actually hang around when I'd finish sometimes and then I'd go and help out in the restaurant. So I actually ended up snagging myself after the, me hanging around, you know, Saturday nights and whatever to work for free, actually. Um, obviously, because it was more of an experience thing. They did not pay me. Got into the fine dining restaurant, first ever apprentice in there and smuggled my way in and by will. And that's when I think, you know, the executive chef and, and stuff really started to be like, oh, hang on a minute. This kid's, you know, got a bit of ambition and, and drive. So, Would you suggest other students coming through do that just try and find the opportunity and get yourself immersed in it and and among it and around the team and just opportunities will come to you based on that yeah 100 people you want to see somebody that's ambitious and they they've got passion and drive and not everything is about you know experiences are going to get you paid i mean i did a lot of programs uh like apprentice of the year i did um nestle golden chef's hat I competed in a lot of competitions and there's, you know, more senior ones when you get qualified like Chef of the Year and you really, you know, if you're going to put yourself out there to learn and and meet new people and and really grow, it's not always about getting paid but it's about getting their life experience and, and learning and I think the learning part is like try to be a sponge and just take in as much as you can and from that you get to grow and that's and it opens up doorways of opportunity because you meet people and then when somebody has something that comes up, they're like, oh, I remember the young kid that was there and I might invite them along. Definitely put yourself out there. You have to. It's like networking. It's, you know, meeting people and and then eventually people will start to to realise, you know, you're always about and you're always willing to jump in and give a hand and, and it definitely opens a lot of doorways. Where do chefs or young chefs find their first opportunity? Is it seek or do you knock on doors, as we mentioned in our previous episode? Is there a, a process that they need to do in order to find an opportunity? Yeah, I mean, we have um, jobs pages um, for our group. We also advertise on Seek. I think going through school, if you're really keen and passionate, I think going and doing cooking college or, or TAFE, I think that's a really good step. So you can do like one day a week at TAFE or you can do full time. And, and that's really dipping your toe. You know, they both have their benefits depending on who you are. So some people want to build a bit of that skill to build a bit of the confidence that they can go into somewhere with 
being more confident because um, some people, you know, for their own personality trait don't like to do something if they're not, you know, a little bit fluent in it. And then other people, it's really great for them to, you know, be able to take on a job and then go to college if they can get a job um, and then sort of build the on-the-job plus the technical stuff at TAFE. So going through your, your colleges and your cooking and culinary schools, um, Le Cordon Bleu, all those sort of ones, I think are really beneficial. As an employer, what's the recruitment process like for you? What do you look for in uh, a chef? So in junior chefs, I'm looking, they might have a little bit of experience or none, and that doesn't matter to me. It's all about their personality. It's all about attitude. I always say hi for will, train for skill. Sometimes it's nicer, and I'd, I'd probably rather work 90% of the time with somebody that has a willingness to learn and doesn't know much rather than somebody that thinks they know everything. Um, and I think that that trait is want and and will to learn and have the camaraderie and be part of a team, that is 100% what I'm looking for. Do you ever, in the interview process, get them to prepare a dish for you? Um, for somebody like a, a you know apprenticeship level, no. For a head chef level, I would. There's a few different areas in a head chef level when I'm recruiting. You know, it's, you know, looking at their experience. And then a lot of it is the people management because in a role like that, you have to be good with people. Um, you could be the best chef in the world, but if you're not good at people management, you're going to fail. Um, and I had to learn that really early on in life. You know, you can be technically the best chef, but if you cannot get people to walk beside you and, and see you as their leader and to be able to motivate people, then you've got no chance. So it, it's really depending on what level um, of person we're hiring is, is really what I'm looking for. You are from Perth originally, and it's a great city and there's fantastic people there as well, but it is also the most isolated capital city in the world too. So did you get to a point where you felt you needed to leave in order to develop further? Yeah, I think um, way back when I was young, the dream was always you go London and you go Michelin star restaurants. The, the rite of passage or the natural migration that a lot of young chefs take. And um, I think, look, Perth is a beautiful city and, and, yes, it's isolated, but it's got so much to offer. It's just such an amazing place. Um, but, look, I, I felt I had to do it. I did it. It was really hard. London is a really harsh city, especially when you come from a you know, very friendly, sunshining, best beaches in the world um, to this fast, fierce, you know, really quite a harsh um, city. But, look, I did it and I, I, you know, struggled through it a little bit. I didn't enjoy it at first, but then I met some amazing people and I got to travel and I think it was a really important part of my career is, is taking that chance, especially when you're young and, and getting that visa and, and going to see something else and different produce and meeting different people. Travelling people are really good people. They want to experience culture. They want to experience different things. The people side of it and meeting new people and, and having new experiences was, and it definitely helped me grow up. Did you go with a plan or did you just low on the doorstep and hope for the best? No, I actually met um, a guy named Neil Abrahams and he was doing recruitment for Soho House and I had a couple of opportunities. So Neil I met through, I was on the junior culinary culinary team, so I competed for Australia in the Culinary Olympics when I was younger and he approached me and I sort of, we were talking and he had some opportunities that he sort of put forward to me. From there, like from going from the Hyatt for six years to the convention centre, it was all through connection and, and through people I'd met and the guy 
you know, Adrian that was running the convention center, he was used to judge all the apprentice competitions, so he'd met me through there. So a lot of pathways, if you're you're a good human and you're, you know, you sort of take the time to network and meet people and, and sort of put yourself out there, the, the opportunities will generally come naturally. What sort of mechanisms are in place for a chef or anyone involved in hospitality if they feel victimised? What can they do? I mean, we've got zero tolerance to bullying and it's something obviously being I'm very um, culture-focused with my teams and it, it's just like any sort of harassment, sexual harassment, um, anything like that is just zero, zero tolerance. So, you know, making sure my team are in a really safe, positive working environment, all of those things are paramount. But, you know, because, you know, culturally, if you've got toxicity, um, you know, you're not going to be able to keep a team. And I just, I, I see it as my responsibility to make sure my team are learning and in a positive, safe space. Um, and I think that's one of the most important focuses for me. So. so how would you go about investigating that situation then? So if someone, I, you know, I was a chef and I turned up and I said, oh, look, Talina, I've had a problem with X, Y, and Z. What's the process within your organisation to get a resolution on that? Nothing gets swept under the rug. Everything's pushed to HR um, and done properly. We have whistleblower hotlines. We've got every infrastructure in place to make sure that nothing can be missed. I'm a fan of MasterChef. You're an actual chef. Are you? Because I imagine there's a very big difference. <laughs> this is funny. So when I was younger, I remember doing an article and absolutely slating MasterChef for like, you know, giving people this wrong perspective of what the industry was like and just being able to come out of somewhere and jump into a kitchen on one show and then, you know, run a restaurant. But now I'm older, I've actually changed my opinion. Some of the best meals, I'll tell you, I've ever had in my life were passionate home cooks, okay? And if somebody's got a passion for it and they're smart and they've got the will and we touched on that will and that drive, who's to say that you can't go on a show which which um, gives you some really bespoke mentoring and opportunity and some some training and who's saying that you can't? Because people do. People walk out of different industry and walk into something and have a thought one day and develop something and they're super successful. So why should this industry be any different? Like I said, if you're smart and you, you're good at something, why can't you be successful? MasterChef doesn't touch on it too closely, but we do know it happens in the industry. It's high pressure, high stress, can lead to burnout. What's your advice on dealing with the high pressure environment that you're so often in? Finding hobby and finding ways to disconnect from the industry are really important. I think I've struggled with it in the past because I've live and breathe it in, in my work and I love it. And then it, when I was having a day off, I'd go to a bar or restaurant and I'd eat and I'd, and I find it really hard to switch off. So I think, you know, being able to identify that you need to have a break and being able to identify that you need balance. I think balance is key. And I have never learned balance until recently. And I'm, I'm, my whole focus, especially this year, is to have more balance. And what I find is me actually going, I'm going to work these hours and I'm going to achieve the best I can achieve in that time um, and having enough time for rest, I'm actually producing more work. 
So I, I guess being able to identify it, um, which not everyone can do, but being able to identify it, being very conscious of having time and having work-life balance is really key and finding hobbies. And everyone's different. Some people like to run, some people like to walk. There's so many chefs now that, you know, when I was younger, we were all at the pub every day after work. But now there's so many of our staff um, and it's so important that and there's so many top chefs you see out there that are running and doing a lot of um, really healthy activity outside of work. And I think that is really key to, and we're all different, but I, I enjoy pottery. Some people like to run or, or push, you know, a lot of weight. So being able to find healthy things outside of work is, is really important because you don't want to get stuck in the other on the other side of the trap, which a lot of people do. What's the future of your industry? The future? I went to the cooking expo the other day and there was bloody robots frying stuff um, and there was robot waiters, which I saw, which was interesting. I think it's going to become, and I'm going to bang my pots and pans to get it back there, but I think we're going to become a really attractive industry once more. I think the industry is coming back. I think there's great money. And I think this industry is going to become really, really attractive again. You know, we're doing four-day working weeks for our team. You know, culturally, the industry is better. Um, the pay rates and, and all that are better. So I, I'm really hopeful and I can see that this industry is really going to flourish again. Sounds really positive. Talina, thank you very much for having a chat. It's been great to hear from you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's great to hear Talina talk about work-life balance in the hospitality industry, which has so often been seen as a high-pressure, long-hours career path. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.